Welcome to Jigsaw 24 EdTech Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of classroom technology. This series of episodes aims to give our listeners an exclusive look at how cutting-edge innovations in the classroom are revolutionising the world that we live in today. Today's episode takes us straight to the core of Apple's education community, a vibrant hub where innovation and education blend seamlessly. We're honoured to have with us four standout figures from this community in Rachel Walker, Owen Hughes, Amarjit Marva and Halima Maya. As Apple's distinguished educators, they each bring a unique narrative, expertise and an enthusiasm that has transformed their own approach to teaching. From the art of music creation to the impactful world of accessibility, they will share how being part of Apple's education community has influenced their teaching methods and visions for the future of education. Whether you're an educator, a tech enthusiast, or simply someone keen on stories of education and innovation, you're in for an engaging listen. Today we delve deep into the experiences, achievements, and dreams nurtured within Apple's education community. A huge welcome to the podcast. Halima, would you like to start our introductions? Yeah, I'm Halima and I work at Pear Tree Community Junior School in Derby. I'm the digital lead there. Um, we have one-to-one iPads across the school. And yeah, we're really on an exciting journey moving forward and we're looking to innovate in so many different ways next year and hopefully being part of the ADE community will help me transpire that dream for the school, the big goal. Owen? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Owen Hughes. I'm a secondary teacher. I teach uh, music and geography, and I'm the digital learning coordinator in a school in South Dublin in Ireland called Loretto Abbey Secondary School in Dawkey. Um, we've been a one-to-one iPad school since uh, 2014, and I've had the pleasure of leading that since then. And I'm an ADE uh, from the class of 2017. So I'm delighted to be welcoming in uh, some new people um, uh, this year as well to the, to the class. Rachel? Hi, I'm Rachel Walker. I am digital lead at a very small primary school in the middle of Nottingham, and which is part of Transform Trust, which is the same trust that Halima is part of as well. So she and I have been working together for a long time as digital leads. Um, I was Apple Distinguished Educator class of 2019, uh, the one just before they cancelled it for COVID. Um, but yeah, it's uh, been an amazing journey to be on. We've been one-to-one for, well, since that time, really. And I've been leading digital there for what feels like a very long time now, about seven years. So yeah, it's an exciting place to be. Yours was the last trip that they went didn't you go somewhere really nice for yours? Amsterdam, was it, or somewhere? Um, yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> and last, but by no means least, Amjit. Hi, I'm uh, Amjit. Um, so I work at Dame Ellen Pinsent School, which is a primary school, about 150 students with cognitive and learning difficulties. And my role is I'm a cover supervisor. Uh, I choose not to teach because there are other interests in my life. And uh, I will be leading computing from September. And we've been one-to-one iPad since 2013, I believe. Well, really exciting because almost like you've got that strand of that SEND segment, those those high needs within schools. And absolutely, it's a it's a challenge sometimes, but it's a, you know it's it's very very rewarding, which is a, <clears throat> why I still do it. If I'm really honest. So if, if we if we delve in to begin with, and I mean the first question um, is. Where did this journey start for you? So my journey in education actually started quite late. 
Uh, my background is textile engineering, so I worked on different types of sewing machines uh, up and down the country, installing them, you know, worked as a rep for the company, selling parts and all sorts. Um, 2013, sort of just before I got made redundant, wasn't sure which way to head, and my older brother's wife worked at Dame Mellon Pinson's at the time, and she said, have you ever thought about working at a school? And I thought, oh, absolutely not. You know, didn't have the qualifications. And she said, come in and have a look. And my very first day, I went and had a look around, had no idea what special needs children were. You know, wasn't sure what autism was, wasn't sure sort of what global delay was, had absolutely no idea. And I went in and I almost fell in love with the place uh, at the first instance. And I thought, I need to do something here. And uh, so I went back to college and uh, started off, did my level two, level three. And uh, as the journey went on, I thought I'm in the stride, you know, sort of on, on the sort of the, the route of, of studying now and uh, ended up uh, doing two degrees as I went on. And uh, and somehow sort of technology came into, into play and uh, through Stuart Hammersley, who's an AD, I believe of class of 2017. And... Uh, so that was kind of the inspiration of, of, of getting into tech. John, to follow that on, Halima, with uh, your, your initial first experiences. The first time I came in contact with Apple was nine years ago. His name was Ian Wilson, and he was a creative digital consultant. So he walked into my classroom with an iPad and an Apple TV. And I was just like, wow, who is this man and what is he doing? Um, he just showed me that there was a world out there that I didn't even know existed. That's when he introduced Shobi and TV. And I was just like, wow, I'm sold. And then I went home and I thought, I've got to catch up. Am I falling behind? And then I didn't even know about it. I felt like living in a bubble and he just popped it. And in my classroom, I then lived in a digital bubble. I became a one-to-one -one iPad classroom nine years ago. And I didn't know if anyone else was doing it. An hour ahead at the time, so this was pre-transform, and I didn't know if it was right or wrong. It was such a trial and error period, but it was so fun. I remember taking all of our staff away on a two two-day residential, I think, in Leicester or Nottingham. I'm not sure, and we taught them all the exciting bits. So we did iMovie, um, I think keynotes. We explored a bit of keynotes. To be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was being led by a fully, but I hope that everybody else jumped on my... I think exactly. that's how it starts, though, isn't it's it? it. Yeah. I was hoping so. I think, I, I think you know it's... Like, it feels right, but you're not you're not 100% sure, but you, you want to explore it and, and sort of see where it gets to. Rachel? So, for me, I think I was first kind of converted to... Apple and um, Apple products by my family. I've come up, I've grown up in a really gadgety sort of family that is still now. My dad will be like, I've just bought another gadget. Um, and that's just like my home life started like that. So I turned up at uni um, and wanted to do absolutely everything on my laptop in the first instance. I then moved out to Romania following my degree. And when I, while I was out there, I was sent an iPad that was in about 2015. Um, and I, that was when I was falling into teaching. So I wasn't first a teacher, I was in social care and then worked for this charity out in Romania. And while my husband and I were living abroad, um, I started to use an iPad um, and the, the role I was kind of doing out there ended up being teaching, having 
never I'm never ever going to be a teacher that's not going to be me um I then sort of ended up being a music and English teacher because my degree was music and then I spoke English so they were like this is what you need to do um and then I just sort of started dropping it in and kind of went Oh, I like this. Um, this this works for me. And then we decided to come back to England, and I decided to retrain. So similar to Amadit, um, a bit of a late late starter really. And I was the only student in the room taking all my notes on one note on a on an iPad with a keyboard. And everyone's going, "Why are you doing that?" And I said, "Because I want to keep them, and I don't want to have hundreds of notes everywhere. And I could take pictures of all the resources." Um, and so I guess that's probably where it all started, really. So then when I started as an NQT, I was delighted to find that um, my school had an Apple TV. But even on my interview day, I said, could you could I, have, could I use an Apple TV in my teaching? And they were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come on in. And then I had to I turned up and I ended up setting up the entire thing myself before the interview because they'd never actually used it before. It was just sat there. And so they were quite excited that there was somebody coming in who wanted to use the tech. So I then went to um, the kind of start using the iPad trolley and because no one else was using it, those 30 iPads, a bit like Halima, they sort of ended up in my room and I was ended up with a one-to-one iPad, but it caught fire and other people started to seal them off me and the rest is history, really. <laughs> I guess it, it often needs that inspiration to show other teachers what what's possible with them there was a, a key moment for me i think that i remember feeling like this is absolutely something that we have to invest in as a school which is when and it's bizarre because i don't actually use it anymore which is nearpod um which was it still is an amazing resource it's just one of many isn't it you've got to kind of pick and choose but nearpod was this amazing thing and um so i was sort of going through the slides trying to get children to imagine life under the sea and then there was this amazing virtual reality moment where you could move the ipad and it was like you were underwater and i just remember every child without prompting got out their seat and started exploring and pretending they were under the sea and the language they were coming out with the excitement i was like we've got this we need to roll with this because you don't get moments like this in teaching very much so that's one that absolutely sticks with me yeah, I think when you're in um, in a classroom, I often see, I often talk to teachers, you don't know what you don't know is the first thing. And you're stuck and confined in these walls. And if we feel like that, imagine how the students feel. I mean, we don't ask them to write letters or write stories about things, but they don't have those experiences. So it's just looking like, how can we bring those experiences and cross the divide of those walls that we, we feel sort of confined within? It's interesting, really, because nowadays the, those experiences are, are more normal for children. So even thinking back to 2015, that was such a wow, I can't believe that we get to do this. But that was almost because they weren't getting those experiences at home. But tech has moved on so much that to create those wow experiences is actually becoming, I think, more challenging. And we have to be so ahead of the game and looking out for different things and creating those moments is is more few and far between. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting challenge for us as ADs, I think. So we, can, we can dig into a few of those ideas later because I've, I've heard of some of the things that you're doing. Owen? Sure. Um, so I suppose my first experience was back in around 2012, 2013. Our maths teachers um, first got iPads um, in, our, in our school and... I remember being offered one and I'm still a little bit proud and I'll have to explain why, but I uh, refused the first iPad I was offered. And I was asked, well, why don't you want it? You're, you're the guy who's really into technology. And I'm like, 
yeah, but the power of this is in the students having it. So I said, are we, are we looking at doing this? Because I'd already seen some schools, particularly in the UK and the US, that were doing this. And I said, well, if you're just going to put them in, I mean, this was long before the day of Apple Pencils or anything. Um, if you're just going to put iPads in the teacher's hands, I mean, I'm fine with the resources I have in my, la my laptop. I said, but come back and talk to me when you're, you're thinking of bringing the power adapt to students. So then it was decided that we were going to start going one-to-one, -one, um, just one year at a time. And I said, okay, now I'll, I'll, I'll take that iPad now, because um, I didn't own one. I had, I'd only got my first iPhone about a year before that, I think, as well. Um, so that was okay. That was in the, the, the previous school year. So then it, about two weeks before the new school year was to start, and our, we were to have our first group of, um, our first one-to-one -one group, I get a phone call from my principal, because I wasn't actually due to lead our program, and uh, to tell me that the uh, teacher who was due to lead, lead it had left. Uh, she was gone to teach in the Middle East, and that I was, um, I, I, was to, I was accepting the position, you know, the way as only a principal can put it very nicely and, and tell you how great you, you would be at it. So, and, uh, and by the way, there's 70 first-year students coming in in two weeks with iPads, so... It was very much crash course and a, a immersion in that for me. I suppose the one thing I knew from the start was that though, and again, the refusing the, the offer of the first iPad was that I knew that if we were gonna do this, it needed to be all about students with devices. I mean, I'd, I'd already been doing a lot of training in our school uh, around using technology and using computers, but on those few occasions where you could book the computer lab, the computer room and bring students. But the big difference here was they were gonna have it all the time. So for me, and we were putting the, I mean, I think still um, in a lot of training, I do see a lot of this where it's, it's the focus is on what the teacher does with the technology, but really with any sort, particularly an iPad, but I think any one-to-one -one environment, it's all about the opportunities that you give the students. Um, so yeah, for me, it was all about that. It was about what we can enable the students to do in the classroom, not necessarily that the teachers needed to be experts. All the teachers needed to be experts in were teaching, and have that, that open mindset of, of allowing these new experiences to happen. Yeah, I'm super interested because like there's always like a, that tipping point of like bringing in, what I love about ADE particularly is that community, that it builds up that community that's really supportive and inspiring for each other. I'm just kind of interested, like what got you into that Apple community in the first place? Um, and, and how did you get there? Who was it and what, or what was it? What was that kind of inspirational moment for you? Um, so for me, it was a visit to a school that was kind of there already. We went, um, had the opportunity with the trust who, so our trust transform is a trust that's really invested in iPads and gradually changing all the, tr the trust schools to be trained and to have the devices. Um, so we very early on, had an opportunity to go and visit a school that was kind of already doing that so that for me was one called Shacklewell Primary in um in London and um unfortunately for them actually for, um it was funny they had uh, accidentally scheduled an update for all their iPads to happen at exactly the moment that we were going on a tour of the school you know one of those moments where you go I really hope that never ever happens to me when we're showing people around <laughs> um but it was actually that really didn't matter that was what was amazing about it because 
children's learning was so well sort of scheduled and embedded and everything that it, it didn't affect it but I was so inspired by what I saw there the teachers were really comfortable with the tech the children were so eloquent in it in talking about how it was helping their learning all the different apps that they were using and you wouldn't have looked at the building and gone this is a, te a technology school and I think that's what for me is becoming more of um, more apparent as we move through our technology journey is that each each school that has tech so well embedded they they still are doing all of the things that a great primary school is doing and the technology is just part of that and I think that was what was so inspiring that for them it was part of their daily routine they had all the structures in place that supported the teachers being confident with it the children were confident with it and it was as normal to them as using a pen and pencil and yet what they were achieving with it was far more than is possible with a pen and pencil and so that was like that was like my defining moment I thought I need to be on this journey and I need to know how to get there and, and sort of it, it led from there really um for me it was about when I I sort of first started looking outward um from beyond maybe Google searches and YouTube and my own ideas of, of what I could do in the classroom and starting um, looking on Twitter um, because people might be shocked with a much uh, like um, stuff I put on Twitter now, but I did not before I was an ADE or started becoming an ADE, I didn't use social media at all. Um, but it was starting to look outward and start like, um, so I would see particularly people in Ireland, like uh, Sean O'Grada, who's from Galway, who would do a lot of teacher training, um, seeing um, keynote animation that the likes of people like Simon Pyle were doing. And then I remember attending um, BET in, it would have been, I guess, January 2017. And I'd never attended, I'd never been to anything like this before. But then, um, and it, it was a very overwhelming experience. But um, seeing the likes of uh, Mark Anderson and Greg Hughes and Catherine Mangan from Ireland. And then also Apple scheduled an, an Apple Leadership Summit where there was a fantastic inspirational talk. But then they put on, which we kind of refer to as creativity playgrounds now. Uh, they put on this kind of space theme thing. And there were some people at that who were like, I really looked up to in what they were doing, the likes of Matt Pullen and um, Michael O'Kane and at the time I actually didn't really know them but afterwards then became really familiar and just being so immersed in these engaging activities that they were doing with iPad and but also I was I was a few years into doing it in our school at that point so it wasn't brand new I, I knew what an iPad could do but it was seeing these extra possibilities but also seeing the likes of what these people were doing and thinking I can. I, I think I can do this, and I think I want to be part of this network of people, and having, getting these kind of inspirational moments, getting to chat to these people were were very formative. And then I um, I chatted to a couple of people when I was there because we knew the window was coming up, opening to apply to be an AD, and um, they were just just go for it, go for it. Like if you don't get it this time, you 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 learn and you apply again. And uh, a couple of people were very kind to show me their past videos and give me a few words of wisdom. And it was just be, be authentic and be passionate in the application and, and go for that. So for me, it was about seeing what was possible, what other people were doing and wanting to be part of that. Right. Yeah, sure. So uh, my journey, as I said, started sort of late in education, as, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Stuart had already started our sort of iPad program. And uh, I was quite new. I mean, we were all new to iPads at the time. And... Uh, 
I remember him going around school and asking everybody to complete their Apple teacher badges. And initially I thought it was just for teachers and I wasn't a teacher then, I'm, I'm, I'm not a teacher now. And I thought, oh, it's not really for me. It's, you know. And I saw all the teachers were doing them. So, uh, and at that point he'd just been involved in uh, an Erasmus program. And we were sort of linked to the school in Finland, uh, Belfast, Cork and the Netherlands. Really exciting. And um, I mean, at the time, as I said, I, I just thought the Apple teacher badges were for teachers. And uh, so I kind of didn't bother with it. And then he came back and went, you know, anybody can complete these badges. And, and I was still sort of really bogged down with studying at the time. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to have to give it a miss. And then sadly, Stuart left us in 2017 and uh, you know, joined a much bigger, brighter school in London. And, uh, and I thought somebody needs to sort of take over what, what he's left behind. And, uh, and I was really getting this bug that I've, I've got to do something. Uh, another chap took over and uh, I was working together with, with him and I thought, I need to do something here. Then we got uh, the second trip, which was to Belfast. And uh, if I'm right, I think Chris was kind of the backbone of this Erasmus project. And, uh, and I remember doing my Apple teacher badges at the airport. And I thought, oh, I need to get this done. He said, oh, you can't go if you haven't got your Apple teacher badges. <laughs> I was sitting at Birmingham Airport and I did my Apple teacher badges. <laughs> and uh, so I got the badges. And, and when I went to, to Belfast, and obviously, you know, we were kind of spoilt with the ADs that were there. there was, Catherine was there. Sari was there. Monique was there from the Netherlands. And they were just so open with sharing information. And I thought, this is this is great. I'm, I'm really kind of spoiled with like these these tech people, and uh, you know. And then slowly, slowly, I started putting together the, the tech that I use outside of school, like with the DJing and stuff like that. I thought somewhere along the line, we need to put all this together, and you know, it, it's got to work. But as I said, I, I was so bogged down with studying at the time, I couldn't really put my heart and soul into it. And uh, when I graduated in 2019. That's when I joined Twitter and I thought, and, and that year I just sent my first application in to become an AD and, you know, regrettably didn't get it. And I was absolutely heartbroken. I, I genuinely was. I, I sat down and thought I would rather have failed my degree and got, got <laughs> in as an AD. And, uh, and, and I sat there, I remember my brother saying to me, he said, uh, why are you looking so sad? And I went, I, I didn't get this AD, but looking back to my video, it's dreadful. You know, I, I thought, oh, my God, you know, how, did, how did I even think that was going to get through? And uh, so last week, it's just been such a journey. But the AD community, after joining Twitter, and I quickly connected with people, and I thought, I need to like link with people who's doing this. And, you know, and Stuart in the background did sort of say to me before and said, you need to get onto Twitter because that's where it's all happening. And uh, so the first people I kind of linked up with were the ADs I had met during this Erasmus project. And... And you know, they've just been so helpful. I think that that's what, you know, there's a sense of community and anything I ever put out, and I know Owen's helped me in the past and, you know, I'll put out, I remember that, you know, the most amazing one was uh, I had a problem with Keynote and I was putting something together, I think it was last year. And I had a, a link back from a chap who, if, if I'm right, was one of the creators of Keynote. And, and wow. he messaged me and I thought, no, first I thought, this has got to be a hack. This is somebody trying to hack in and said, oh, and then he sent me his email. And I remember him sending me a 93-page document back saying, <laughs> this, is kind of like, said, this is way beyond me. So, you know, and, and then it was, you know, once I've done the update, I got an email off him saying, 
the issue you have <coughs> has now been done, so please try again. And, and you know, and you don't get that support from anywhere else, I don't think. And that's when kind of really comes together. I love that common thread that you can almost, if it was something or you've got an idea, you can almost like CPD that you want to take and almost like shape your own journey with that because there's thousands of great educators out doing great things. And um, obviously you do what's specific to you. I know oh, in your secondary and what you may choose to you might be a bit different to, let's say, a primary school teacher. But you can almost like cherry pick that CPD, which, I mean, traditionally what that looks like is almost September, first two days in set, that CPD delivered by the school, whereas you're almost like driving your own initiative with that in, in, in many ways. I think you have to as well. I mean, every single ADE I've met has been totally different from one another and has a different skill set. And it's so easy to sit there with imposter syndrome and think, I haven't got, like, I look at Owen and what he's doing with music. And as a musician, I'm completely overwhelmed by, like, I'm nowhere near that with everything like Garage Band and all the new things that you're doing with the latest apps. But we've all got something to offer and everybody has a different skill set once you figure out different people's skill sets that sense of community is amazing because you can go to own for one thing i'll go to halima for something completely different because those skills are, are there and so the part the, the community is amazing for that um i think also it's just a, a sense of there isn't anyone who who's got it all and i think once you've kind of understood that you realise it's not it's not like a race to the top. The whole thing about being ADE and being part of the Apple community that I found so refreshing is that it doesn't feel like a competition. And I really thought it would do. I really thought when I go, I go into this, there's going to be some people who are there and some people who are not. And I'll just feel like one of those who's always going to not have it. But actually, that's not the case at all. It's really supportive. It's really championing each other. And people shout about each other all of the time. And um, it's just a really lovely community to be a part of. And that, and that really... I didn't expect that, especially as Apple's one of those brands that you love. And so it's going to be all cool people, and I'm not cool. And so how am I going to do this? You are cool, Rachel. Don't let them tell you that. You're cool in my head, love. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Well, <laughs> it's okay not being cool because actually it's not about that. And I think that's the, that's the strength of the community is that everyone's really different, really diverse, and all has something to offer. And Fabulous. Uh, we are going to questions, by the way, just because I'm looking at the time. But um, Owen, I'm going to start with, with you, if that's OK, just about that leadership journey. And you said that at the very beginning of it, towards almost like driving success towards for yourself and obviously the, the, the school that you work in. Yeah, I think it was sometimes with these things. I mean, there's a lot of schools are busy places. There's a lot of noise. So I think maybe probably unwittingly but probably maybe stubbornly I said I don't want that first iPad until I know students are getting them too and it's it, like I kind of maybe learned sometimes you need to have those bold statement moments because in a in a staff meeting of a thousand points of information or something there that maybe only one or two things are going to stand out but in the in the bigger picture of that um I remember at the time our AD class of 2017 were kind of coming off the back of and to go back to when we started our iPad journey in 2014, around that time, 2013, 14, 15, there was a huge influx in Ireland, and I, I'm sure in other countries too, but in Ireland, around secondary schools, 
uh, moving towards iPad and it all about being eBooks. And I remember they were the bane of my life and continue to be a little bit um, because they don't really, unless they're incredibly immersive and add something extra, they don't really improve the learning. So for me, and then I think a lot of people thought, well, this is great. I've got this digital book here now that I can put up on the, on the screen and I can get on with my teaching as I've always done it. And the big message I wanted to give our teachers, first of all, was no, this is not what that, this is. Yes, students will have that as a reference, um, but it's really about, well, what else can this piece of aluminium and glass do? Like for me, it becoming like a, like a, a music <laughs> studio and a musical instrument recording studio. It's for video editing. Um, you can write with it, you can draw with it, you can animate the more modern things now to do it with AI and things like this as well, that you can, sorry, not AI, AI or uh, maybe AI too, but, um, but that you can bring in. It was more about opening people's eyes to those possibilities um, about it being in their hands. From our own school leadership, I mean, they've kind of, I remember our school, our school leadership team asking me what's the, the best thing they've done for me. And I said, truthfully, it's autonomy that they allowed me to seeing that I had an interest and that I was gaining a lot of maybe skills and knowledge in that area to trust me to bring it in that direction and to be behind me. Um, and then I kind of learned, I think, the hard way over time as we grew out that I, I couldn't do it all by myself. So started to develop in the last few years then a digital leaders team, which certainly not the first. I remember seeing those when I was back when I was starting and maybe thinking, oh, sure, I'll just do all of that. That's fine. But I suppose it's not so much an admission that I can't do it all, but that if you want to really develop that healthy culture, you kind of have to develop leaders in other areas. I mean, we have a staff of about 65. They talk to their colleagues. They're in meetings with their own colleagues. There are other voices that are equally important and sometimes more so than the person leading it because sometimes I think someone's sitting there thinking the person leading the program is, oh, well, that's your job to tell us this. But then if someone else speaks informally, formally or makes a presentation to what they've been doing in their classroom and giving them ownership over that and an opportunity to do that, they can be hugely, hugely uh, beneficial to, to everyone. Or even that sometimes we've had students come into workshops that I will run or in front of parents. And those moments of just those small leadership moments and giving people a chance, it gives them ownership. And then beyond those, I think that's something that's often overlooked, beyond those, those moments, they go back out into their classrooms and their environments and they do more with that too. Um, it just, it, it helps to grow it all a lot more um, naturally, I think. Yeah, building that collective capacity within the space and that, yeah. that almost culture of building the capacity is yeah. super important. I know that Rachel and Halima and I have had different conversations based on this, but sort of like you as the leaders often have to take that back step your voice has to become more muted or slower or softer in order to fill the room with other people um, and to build that capacity from people who can inspire in different ways uh, and give them that power and that uh, that space. And some of the most, sorry, Owen, um, some of the most powerful voices are those of people who are your biggest refusers to begin with, who have yes. finally realised that they can do it. I mean, I've yeah. got one colleague who almost any time she runs a staff meeting or mentions something, she'll go, and if I can do it, so can you. And like, it's the 
biggest most powerful thing for me and I can't do that because people assume that I can do it because I'm the techie one and so I'm not actually a great influence in that respect but she has such a big influence on everybody else because she just keeps proving that they can all do it (laughs) well you call it the techie person it is often referred that's that's what people often use isn't it just because you're good with computers you've got all the answers whereas I think it's the digital leader with the vision and they don't have they don't pitch themselves as being the best person at keynote or the best person at garage band um halima <laughs> as we've been talking about the just been thinking about my very initial um moment with leave i guess 9 years ago when they asked me to be digital lead i actually turned around and said no you've just made that up that role just literally doesn't exist and they 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 kind of said what do you mean of course it exists I said I've never heard of a digital lead you've just made it up there is no such thing as a digital lead no one leads iPads show me somewhere that it actually exists you're literally just ticking a box here I've said I really want to own something and you've given me digital lead and I've never heard of it in my life. At that point in time, it was a computer lead. You can be a computer lead, you work with laptops. Um, So I was like, you've just made it up. And then fast forward nine years, and here we are, and everybody's a digital lead in some capacity. And as I've gone through the journey, I've realised leadership has transformed in so many ways, in the sense that, just like Rachel has said, um, we need to inspire other leaders. So when I say such and such is great at garage band, go and see them. They're the experts. Everyone kind of goes, what do you mean? I'm the expert. You're the expert. You're the digital lead. You should tell me what to do. And we need to stop being shocked by other people being at digital. And that's what I'm finding in my school right now. Everyone's like, but you're the digital lead. You know how you should not do it. And I'm like, no, but I'm not the expert. I love keynotes. That's that's my thing. I love keynotes. If you want something on keynotes, come and ask me. However, Garage Band, Amy's your girl. Amy's the one that runs music. She loves music. She loves Garage Bands. She can run the tutorials. She's on the YouTube. It's her baby. And they look at you <laughs> as if to say, what is she on? But that celebration of other people being great at other apps and other digital elements has to become a thing. It has to be accepted in the world of teaching. And it's not just on me. And then the tumbleweed, when that bottom line sinks in, the tumbleweed effect takes place in your school where everybody's on board and everybody wants to be an expert and everybody wants to be a digital lead. I'm not the digital lead in school anymore because somebody else is in some other area and that is okay. And that's where what, what Owen and Rachel have both said stands tall. We are all celebrators of digital. We are all digital leaders. And when they stop seeing me as the digital lead in the school, make waves. And you want to do, you want to celebrate all the things that have happened in your school and make waves throughout the Apple community as a community yourself. So at Pear Tree, I want everybody next year to make waves in their own individual ways. And all of those journeys will look completely different to mine. And that's what I'm excited to watch evolve. It, I mean, it's quite interesting that we, all the way through that, we're talking about leadership almost from a 
senior position in school. But I'm, I'm just quite curious, very quickly. I mean, I think for, so for like, us this year, or was that a, yeah, I don't know yeah, what that, that anyone. Feel free, Rachel. Um, so for us, something this year that I've really, really focused on has been our student digital leaders. And um, they are completely invested in our digital journey. And there was a lot of competition this year because I've just done the um, new recruitment campaign for next year's digital leaders. And um, there was stiff competition this time because they could just see the the kind of opportunities that you get to be a digital leader. We've had children going out to talk to the trustees of our trust and show them how to use the iPads and um, why they're such a benefit. We've had a connection with Australia through the ADE community. So we've had teams calls with Australia. We're doing a collaborative project. We've got children who are assigned to different classes and they go in and they check in on the teachers and they sort out any issues. They've got a huge role to play. And um, teachers are now realising the skill sets that these children come with because they've come through. I, I was their teacher for some of them last year and this year. And therefore, they've got quite a lot of diff different skills and like how to you know, use the accessibility settings and things like that. So the teachers understand that they can go to the children now and ask for help with specific things, which... For me is brilliant because it just means that I mean I work part-time so actually having children who can be helpful with things like my Apple TV's not working and they can go in and have a go at fixing it is just amazing so yeah it sort of disseminates it really which is brilliant. It's so empowering for the kids as well they just absolutely love the power of being able to teach an adult something and just like Rachel in our school the children are teaching the adults and it it's that barrier and that fine line between an adult being embarrassed of learning something new and crucial from a child and getting over that barrier and luckily now we're over that barrier and teachers are like yeah send them in send them in come and teach my lessons like our kids love to teach computer lessons within other people's classrooms they are bossing that room like no other person has ever bossed anyone else around in a classroom and that is such an empowering thing as a, a 9, 10, 11 year old to teach a whole lesson and some of them with bags of confidence that I've never seen in most adult, adult watch teach and they do it so, so well. And that is so refreshing. Look at what we're creating with digital, these leaders with such confidence through technology. And that's the only game changer is an iPad and the confidence that just oozed out of them, that is something special. Owen? I think so. Yeah, for, for me, the, the digital leaders part is, uh, student digital leaders is probably the, the, the missing part of the puzzle now. It's something that I've kind of like had some false starts on um, before COVID, during COVID, a few things. Last year focused a lot on our staff digital leaders. So this upcoming year, that's gonna be a big thing. And I think as well, maybe a little bit different for me with, with secondary students. Um, so like one big thing, yes, I, I think they can play that role for me a little bit about helping out and fixing things. I also want them to model though learning like, and really like show what, how they can use their iPad, create and to enjoy learning and, and be a, a huge part of that. I kind of think I want I'm kind of thinking very much out loud here, uh, my student digital leaders to very much kind of exemplify that and to really model that, not just so maybe 
having challenges going with other students and showing examples of how you can do this and, and try and really develop that amongst, amongst students as well as helping out. Like, I mean, there's always going to be kind of 10 or 12 fixes or, you know, like the, the old, the, the IT crowd thing, if you turned it off and back on again, like there's, there's these quick fixes we can arm them with. Um, but I also think it's, there's a lot more power in them being these model, almost lead learners and really showing how they're, they're very invested in, in their learning and excited to learn and to use technology to, to learn and retain content for what are still very content heavy, still very content heavy curriculum. No, thank you for that, Aaron. Um, yeah, so we've had a, a digital leader program now for many years, although it's kind of filtered down a little bit this year, just due to the, the nature of children we're having in at school at the moment. Uh, but what we do find is we, as I've mentioned earlier, we look more at sort of developing, you know, sort of uh, social skills. And so there's a lot of things we need to look at when we kind of choose digital leaders, uh, you know, the nature of the child, kind of, you know, the skills they, they have. Um, can they, you know, develop a friendship with somebody? Can they kind of work with somebody? Because a lot of the, you know, the, the nature of children we have is they like to just do it for the child and just take control, um, you know, just due to the, 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 the nature. Um, but we always try and focus on, you know, sort of student power almost. And, and you know, we, we want them to be independent. That, that's our aim, you know, to whichever way. Uh, but what we do find, you know, when using technology, I think it gives everybody a bit of a level playing field where, you know, some of our children lack sort of gross and fine motor skills or, you know, their, their spelling is, you know, the letter formations aren't quite right and they're getting spellings wrong. And, you know, technology gives them that power to say, right, oh, you know, I, I can spell this word, but I just couldn't put it on paper. And that's what's really opened up at our school. Um, you know, and the, the confidence levels of children. And, you know, we talk about student power. I've got this uh, autistic girl I work with and she, I, I don't know how she does this, but she's got something, you know, in, in her sort of, you know, mental capacity that that I don't have. And she can um, change the language on her iPad to anything at all. And she normally tries to get me by putting it into Mandarin or Arabic. And she still knows where every single menu sort of sector is. And she'll come back and say, look, there you go. Look, it's in Arabic today. And I've got no idea. So I have to get another iPad out, work it out. And it's obviously the opposite way around. And I'm working <laughs> it out. And she's there going, ha, 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 ha. And she'll come and swipe, swipe, swipe. So I say, there you go. And, you know, it's, uh, and, you know, it still gives her that little bit of power. I know it's kind of in the wrong direction. But, uh, but at the same time, she's great at supporting other, you know, other children. So, uh, yeah, th th there's a positive to it as well. Yeah, a real common thread that runs all the way through this where um, you've got children almost fading to the background, a bit shy, and all of a sudden you've got a class through students who perhaps have confidence that they didn't actually know they even had in many ways. And they can always like, use that as a vehicle to obviously drive um, success in other areas of the curriculum as well. So, yeah, re really powerful that. Um, so what would your message be to educators who have not explored um, Apple's resources and, and Apple's community, um, Halima. You're missing out. What is wrong? Like, why have you not joined that community? Why have you not jumped on this bandwagon? You are falling behind fast and your kids are missing out. That's what I would have to say. 
like you don't know what you don't know but i think my port of call for any teacher that joins our school and they actually pull their hair out of this get on twitter i know that it is it is social media and i think that's where we have the issue everyone goes no social media i don't want to be on social media i'll be on my twitter account all of the time but if you streamline your mind just to the apple community on twitter you will gain so much i think i remember coming across amajit and i knew he was from an sen school and i earmarked him on twitter i screenshotted his profile and i, I ran straight to my sen coordinator the next day and i said you're not on Twitter. You need to get on Twitter. He has so many ideas. And she was just like, mm, really? I don't want to be on Twitter. And I was like, you need to be on Twitter. He will teach you so much. And I think getting people over that bridge of, oh, it's social media. I really don't want to be on socials again. Like, lots of people have come completely off social media for their own mental health, for lots of various reasons. However, it, Twitter is still a place to learn and when we get to the point where everyone accepts that for Apple will be at a great place <clears throat> and then schools and individuals will start to move forward even if tiny steps it's the place to be yeah I mean, it'd be interesting to see where schools go with this because then let's say the next five to ten years Jim what does it, what does that end student experience look like in terms of that child who's used a one-to-one for the best part of six years. It'd be really interesting to see that because so many schools are going one-to-one now to see where, do you, would they be, be in a better position to almost apply for different types of roles and jobs and have a different skill set to somebody in a school journey, which is quite, quite interesting to, to see. Um, I, Owen? So. I don't. Oh, sorry. sorry. Hey, go on. I don't know how I would, if I applied for another job, I don't know how I would teach in a classroom with a whiteboard and a pen anymore. I literally yeah. walk around with my iPad and I don't know. I don't know anymore. How do we go backwards? Do we, are we going backwards or are we going forward? It's a big question. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? You've got staff CPD. You, some teachers are still in the classroom who actually have gone from blackboard to whiteboard to interactive whiteboard and now almost this, this almost final step to have an iPad in the classroom so for some people it must be a huge culture shift compared to what they used to and you can understand them being really apprehensive about it initially and because it's always taken away that safety blanket in many ways. We have this so much with students so students come in we're a one-to-one iPad school and they go and apply for jobs and it's so funny when they come back and I'm like how many iPads how many have you got and they're like You've got six in the whole school. How do I do this, Halima? And I went, take them all, take them all. They'll never notice. No one ever likes them when you've only got six in the school. Make it happen. You're the new digital lead. Make run with it, run with it. The sky's your limit. Yeah, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. That's the uh, that's the motto. Go for it. Yeah. So to to pick up on um, one word Halima said there, um, ideas. I mean, for me, with the Apple education community, the AD community, the Apple teacher community, whether it be on Twitter, um, it's about ideas and inspiration. So if, if you go to the Apple education community site, there's basically two paths. There's the forum, and then there's the learning center, formerly the Apple teacher learning center. With the forum, it's built up now over the last year. It is a treasure trove of ideas and resources and discussions. Um, 
and there's everything from from early learners right up to higher um, higher education every subject area uh, everything has been discussed and i think what we're probably going to start i kind of see i see a lot more people sharing more personal stories now uh, a bit more interaction uh, i think we're probably going to see a bit more of that going forward um but there's opportunities for people to get in there and again like we were discussing earlier to contribute and to get involved in a you know get a toe in the water get involved in a discussion uh, or comment on a post and then your own story or your own post or share a resource and on the other side of that with the learning center from getting started with apple teacher i would seriously like urge anyone trying to trying to do that is to like look at the resources that are there with apple teacher portfolio there's all these sample lessons and sample resources which also work if you're at the apple if you're at that first level of apple teacher as well and does the everyone can create curriculum? Does the everyone create projects that are there now? There are ready-made resources that you can go with, but also inspire your own learning design and experiences for the classroom or to bring to your colleagues. Rachel? I think the thing I value most about the education community is that all of us are, are doing the day job all the time and that's that is our bread and butter we are all trying to be better teachers and for me the apple part of it is helping all the stuff that i already know to be great about teaching but making it even better and so all the things that i can imagine or create and all the things that i'd like to innovate with all become possible because of the technology in my hands and so it's a vehicle for doing what i could imagine being possible anyway um, in really really good teaching and I think so often people are really suspicious of uh, like a company branding thing being attached to education then they think oh well you're just going to have to change everything so that you use like shoehorning things in just because you happen to have iPads and that's just not the case at all and people who are part of the community are all there because they are there for the children they want the technology in the hands of their children for their future and for making what you're already doing even better. I know Amadit's been speaking about SEND children. You know, what device can you actually put in children's hands to change the way that it looks so that they can actually read it properly or they change the language or it reads the screen to them? All of that is now possible because of technology. And if we're going to be really suspicious of it and step back, all we're going to end up with, with is having to go to the photocopier again and photocopy everything onto blue paper because we know that that's the way that our children are going to access it. And why would we put those barriers in place when we've got this whole world of opportunity at our fingertips? Yeah, nobody wants to see the emergence of the photocopier anymore. Put that put that away. Uh, Amarjit? Yeah, yeah, just uh, touching on sort of what Rachel mentioned there. <clears throat> when I was still studying, I remember reading an article about uh, an SEN child who used to carry the old style sort of communication device and how some children were embarrassed, you know, that they had the awareness that, hold on, I do have a need and, you know, uh, an additional need. And they were embarrassed about carrying their old communication methods or a PECS book or, you know, and with iPads now, what they have in is that if you're carrying an iPad around, it's quite normal. And especially in a school where we've got one-to-one -one iPads and children are having this kind of sense of, you know, just the self-belief now that I'm only holding an iPad, you know, whereas before they're probably walking around with a PECS book around their, you know, around their neck or some kind of communication device. So that's, uh, you know, <clears throat> a benefit. Um, and I was just touching on uh, sort of where um, uh, Owen was going. Um, with our head teacher not long ago, when I had, you know, a discussion about leading computing for next year, 
uh, and I said, I, I'm not sure sort of the predecessor, you know, was struggling to write the curriculum when it's all there for you in the Apple teacher resources. Everything is there and everyone can create. Although we have to adjust it for our SEN children, you know, I said, but everything is there for you. And, you know, and again, sort of what Halima said about Twitter, that's where I really found that, hold on, this, look, this is whole sort of, you know, book after book after, you know, resource after resource. And, you know, and, and you, you'll find, you know, I might find something, you know, in, in a lesson from a secondary school, but I know I can simplify that for my children at school. And, and that way then, they've kind of started sort of ground-based and they're working their way up. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we've got children now who've left our school and, you know, who are in their sort of late teens. And I know for a fact that one of them has a direct impact of using technology at school and having the resources of you know, so Apple resources is now studying level three music production, which, uh, you know, is mind blowing. And, and we only found that out because his mom now is, is a teacher at our school. And she came back, she went, do you remember him? I went, yeah, she goes, this is what he's doing. And it's, <clears throat> and it's all because of what he learned at our school whilst, um, you know, he was there with an iPad. What an so, amazing uh, success story. Yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it's quite overwhelming, actually. You know, it, it really kind of gave me a, a bit of a boost. I just thought we're, we're doing something amazing here. So, uh, you know, and these are children who probably would have been sidelined, you know, prior to technology being introduced to schools. So, uh, you know, amazing stories. Really grateful for you guys coming in. Um, and I know Nikki feels exactly the same. I think you all had a different angle on a lot of the questions that we explored as well, which was really beneficial Beneficial when obviously people tune in and listen to this. So, yeah, obviously grateful. Thank you for your time. And, um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your summer holidays, whatever you may be up to. When they come. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rachel, you, you here till Friday? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I thought driving through Nottingham. Why is everyone in uniforms? This is not okay. Yeah. Still going. Oh, no. Oh, Are you no. on holiday, Owen? Yeah. yeah. I won't rub that in. I won't rub that in. I won't rub that in. No. It's fine. It's all yeah. good. I've got five weeks with my three year old, so I'm not sure which is more tiring, to be honest. So. <laughs> work from work. Exactly. Oh, but thank you everyone thanks for the opportunity yeah. to yeah. thank you thanks so much it's been great to chat thanks so much as we conclude today's episode a heartful thank you from Nathan and myself to our Apple Distinguished Educator guests Halima, Rachel, Ian and Amajit their shared experiences spotlight the transformative role iPads have in transforming learning Apple's commitment has done more than just provide the tools it's fostered a thriving global community of learners so the question beckons, have you found your tribe? For those eager to stay in the loop with the wonderful work and ideas of our Apple educator guests, I'd recommend engaging directly via the Apple teacher platform, which can be found at education.apple.com and on Twitter or X using the hashtag AppleTeacher. Thank you to all our listeners for being a valuable part of our dialogue and journey. And if you wish to connect with Jigsaw24, don't hesitate to reach out through our social channels linked in the show notes or drop by on jigsaw24.com forward slash education. Please don't forget to give this episode a thumbs up and subscribe. Until our next time, please keep creating. <laughs>